mind, let us go to Matthew chapter number 8. Tap or turn, everything is in the YouVersion app. If you have your Bibles, let's go to Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 and 27. For the next few Sundays, I want to speak over this topic, faith over fear. Faith over fear. Two important components that we deal with on a daily basis. And, it, and we have a choice to make. And there's an awesome scripture that illustrates um, this occurrence in Matthew chapter 8, verse 23 and 27. The Bible says, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so that, he w- so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went in and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. That's the God that we serve. That is the God that we serve. Our text today, um, while I've referenced Matthew, there's four gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Out of those four writers, three of these, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, reference this particular account of what is taking place. Um, They all write in a different manner. They all put their own distinct, different spin on it. Some include details that are not found in the other Gospels. It's just like when you, when you have three people that go to the, uh, the same football game, and they all have a different account of what was taking place. Or it's like when you, you're a kid, and there was a fight at school. Um, depending on who you talked to uh, was the, the factor of how much blood there really was shed or anything like that. So there's different details that you get. It just depends who you talk to. I've referenced Matthew, but I'm going to be referencing Luke and Mark as well, because they all uh, speak of this, and they all include something unique. So here Jesus is teaching, uh, and he's covering, and he's been teaching for, for quite a while. There's various parables that he has covered, the mustard seed, uh, talking about all this on the edge of the sea. And there was an immense crowd, as you can imagine. Jesus was speaking, so uh, they had heard of the healing. They had heard of how he was doing these miraculous works. He's feeding the 5,000 virtually from just five loaves and two fish. And then there's an excess. That's something only Jesus can do. Um, So Mark lets us know that he gets into the boat to be able to teach. So he is in the boat, um, and the people have gathered on the shore. And with the hillside that is surrounding this body of water that we know as the Sea of Galilee, it, it, Jesus is there speaking. And it likely, from the boat, from that position, it likely provided good acoustics um, for Jesus to be heard for the multitude to be able to hear him. Obviously, this is before microphones. This is before any sound system. So this particular body of water is known as the Sea of Galilee. And it's, familiar, it's a familiar scene in the ministry of Jesus. Jesus, uh, this is referenced several times in the Bible. And while we know it is a sea, 
Well, we know it as a sea. In reality, it is a lake. It is a fresh water lake. And it is the lowest, some interesting things uh, that scholars write, is that it is the lowest freshwater lake in all of the world. It is 682 feet below sea level, and it's surrounded by mountains that range anywhere from 1,500 to 3,000 feet all around. The lake is 13 by 8, and it literally sits in a bowl here. And this lake was ideal for fishing because of the elements, because of the algae production, and because of everything that takes place. It was ideal for fishing, which is the occupation of, the, many of, of, of a few of the disciples, Andrew's, Andrew, James, jo, um, Andrew, Peter, James. They all had, it was, it was just a natural occupation because it was accessible, because it was there close to them. So this is particularly unique because... Researchers believe that this body of water is subject to severe winds because of its location. In the summer, uh, there's winds that can come out of nowhere, and they're called the Sirocco winds. They're winds that come from the south or the southwest, and they bring a humid air that can cause some pretty incredible waves at, at any given time. In winter, particularly starting in November and ending sometime in early spring, there's a cold wind that will come in when it hits this warm freshwater lake. It, it could really cause, it could really do some damage as these cold winds hit the warm water. And the waves can be from anywhere from 5 to 10 feet, which is not usual for a freshwater lake. So this right here, this is the place. It's important for us to understand the context because this is where Jesus is teaching. He is here and he is covering, and he's about to demonstrate his way, his power in a way that the disciples have never seen before. They have been following him for some time. They have been seeing the great things that Jesus is doing, but they are about to have him revealed in a manner that he has not revealed himself yet. There's, certain, there's so much to God. That, that he's always revealing himself, that we may be experiencing him right now in this season in life in a way that we have never experienced him before. It's through the problem and it's through the trial that we are able to know Jesus deeper. For us to know him as a healer, there has to be some sort of sickness that is present in our body. It is through the sickness, it is through the illness, and it is through the disease that we're able to see him as a healer. It is through the loneliness that we're able to know that he is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. It is through our lack of financial means that we're able to see that he is a God that owns the cattle of a thousand hills, and he is a God that is able to provide for his children. It is the problem that exposes us to a different aspect of God and to Jesus. So this is one of those instances. They've seen him heal. They've seen him deliver. They've seen him do all these great things, but he is about to show himself, and this is a lesson for the disciples. He has spent his full day teaching, and all of a sudden, evening comes, and he says to his disciples, let us go to the other side. There was a word that had already declared, let us go to the other side. And so they get in the boat. The boat, it leads us to believe that it's the boat that Jesus is teaching on. 
And we don't know the exact size of the boat, but generally the fishing boats that were used were not very big. Um, so they could not take all the group that was with them. There was different boats that made this journey. So the Bible says that in, in Luke's account, specifically stated that they were able to sell. They were able to sell. Why is this important? Because it lets us know the condition of the day, of the time that they were moving from one side to the other. If there was a light, gentle breeze, they would just raise the sail up and they would move. It was a peaceful, it was an ideal scenario at this time. If there was no breeze, the boats had rowers and they would row to the other side. So it lets us know that it is ideal weather. And Mark tells us that Jesus goes down to the stern. He's tired. It's the lower part of the boat, and he's exhausted. He's exhausted. He's been ministering. He is asleep, the Bible says, on the cushion. The King James Version says it is a pillow. And through this story, we know and that we see as it unfolds and as it develops that Jesus is with the disciples, and we are able to understand that Jesus is with us. Verse 23 says, Then he got into the boat, and his disciples followed him. And his disciples followed him. And it was in this instance that all of a sudden, the storm comes up. The storm comes up out of nowhere, but don't worry, Jesus is on the boat. Or so you would think. And for the disciples, this is a familiar place because they're used to the boat. They're used to being on a body of water. They're used to this routine, but this is different than what they have seen before. It is a familiar place. They know the ins and outs of operating this boat, but this is different. It is a different type of storm. And the Bible is pointed to say that it was a furious storm. It was a furious windstorm. And some scholars believe that when this actually took place, the winds were about 70 miles per hour. So imagine you're having this, this, war, this freshwater lake. You have hillsides surrounding it. So the winds just clash. And all of a sudden, they are in this storm. So these men who are used to the Sea of Galilee, they're used to water, they're used to the boats, but all of a sudden, we see a different reaction from them. There's different reactions that life can bring to us. There's different reactions that that can be produced inside of us, depending on the situation. And through this all, Jesus is with them. It doesn't matter what's taking place on the outside. It doesn't matter how much the boat is being rocked. The boat is still intact because Jesus is on the boat. And some of us may feel like that today, that, that our life is being tossed in one direction and to the other. And there's something that had just come up, and all of a sudden, you feel this furious storm. You feel these ferocious winds that are just coming and the waves seem to be just knocking you and hitting you and, and beating you down. But Jesus is on the boat with you. Jesus is on the boat with you and you can survive. Through this all, they're facing something different, but Jesus does not change his position. He's with them. His word says in Matthew 28, 20, that I will be with you Always. I am with you 
always. Can I remind you that you may be facing a different type of storm? It may be something that you're not accustomed to. You've been sick before, but never sick like this. Or you've known what it is to lack, but never lack like this. Or you've been alone by yourself before, but never like this. And it is a different type of storm. Can I remind you that he is with you always. He is with you always. He says, I won't leave you and I won't forsake you. The magnitude of the problem does not dictate the nearness of God. He is available to you. Amen. He is available to you. He is with us. And the violent storm that is so severe that the waves were breaking over the boat, breaking over Luke says that they were swamped, and through this all, Jesus was still asleep. Why is this important? Because there's times in our lives where we feel like Jesus is not responding to the hurt and to the need, and there's something taking place in our lives, and we feel like Jesus is silent, and he is asleep in this text. He is so tired and I'm so glad that it illustrates this because it lets us know the human aspect, the human side, that while he's God, he's also human, that he gets tired. Just like when you get home sometimes and, and instead of showering, you rather just sleep on the floor and say, I'll shower in the morning because the, the exhaustion is just too much that you would just rather stay there. Back in the mid 2000s, I traveled a lot speaking, and I remember I would take a 540 flight out of Harlingen and land in Houston, and there would be times where I would not sleep until I got onto the plane, and I was so tired that, that the flight attendant had to wake me up. I was the last one to get off the plane, and, I was, and the worst part about it is I was sitting in the front, so everybody had already walked by me, but yet I was so exhausted, and you've been there too. You know what it's like to be exhausted and to be tired. And Jesus is sleeping through this all. He can relate to the tiredness in your life. And at this point, they run to him and they wake him. They had no option. They had no alternative. They're fishermen. They know how to handle a storm, but this storm was different. And they run to Jesus. And it's through this that we can understand that fear is natural. Regardless if you've been in something similar, regardless if you are human, if you are flesh, fear is natural. It just comes with the territory. The Bible says in verse 25 that the, the disciples went and woke him saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. They thought death was inevitable. They thought that it was surely going to happen. Fear is so natural that the Bible addresses it 300 plus times, over 350 times. It's in the Old Testament do not be afraid. It's in the New Testament. Fear not. You have people like John the Revelator that is, is writing the Bible, but yet Jesus has to tell him, fear not. It is I. Fear is a natural response that you and I will experience when we go through the situations in life, through the different seasons. But he says, I will be with you. He says, I will be with you. Yet it seems that even though it's addressed in the Old Testament, even though it's addressed in the New Testament, it's relevant to our lives today, it still always seems to linger. 
It still always seems to linger. It's a natural response. It doesn't matter what the circumstance. It doesn't matter how many times we've been through something. And it doesn't matter how many times God delivered us, delivered us in the past. It is still a natural action that takes place. And the, the horrible thing about fear is that fear can paralyze us. It can stop us from fulfilling our destiny in God. And it can stop us from fulfilling the dreams and the calling that he has placed on our lives. Fear can destroy possibilities. Fear can destroy hopes. In just thinking of the possibility of what could happen all of a sudden stops us in our tracks and, and causes us to make decisions about the, the future based on a circumstance, based on an emotion that we are feeling in the present. It can destroy dreams. It can bring lives to a stop. It is real, and that is why I need to be reminded through the Word of God that God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. It is, it, that is why that when fear comes through my, to my life and to your life, we need to be reminded that God is love and that perfect love casteth out all fear and that if God is on our side, it is a majority versus whatever we are facing. Fear will tell you you can't. Fear will tell you you're not able to. Fear will tell you you're not qualified enough. Fear will tell you don't even try. But I have the faith to know that God's promises are yes and that God's promises are amen. That his plans for me are good and they are not, they are not of evil. That they are to give me a, a hope. The disciples are here and they are fearing for their lives. They're with Jesus, but yet they're fearing for their life. It's natural. But here Jesus is about to teach them that he can be trusted in the worst of situations. He can be trusted in the worst of situations. And they run to him. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The Bible says that the righteous will run to him and they will be saved. You can run to him today. You can run to him and find refuge for your circumstance and for your individual need. And for the fear that is in your life, you can run to him and find what you need. Fear says you're going to die in this, but faith says I'm going to Jesus. I will not die, but I will live and I will declare the works of the Lord. I may not be able to see it, but I know that God is faithful. I may not be able to see it, but I know that he hasn't failed me yet. And I'm still breathing because of him. That situations in my life could have eliminated me. I could have been locked up. I could have been, I could have been, I could have passed away from what I had gone through. But Jesus preserved me for one reason or the other. And I'm here because of his goodness and his grace. And they run to him they run to him. You can run to him today. They say, don't you care that we're about to die? Don't you care that we are about to die? They are fearful. And it's just, it's incredible to know that they've seen healings. They've seen miracles. They've seen deliverance. All witnessed firsthand. Didn't read it. They witnessed it. But yet they run and they're still fearful and say, don't you care that we're about to die? What's di this time they are directly affected. 
by the circumstance. The, he, the, the sickness was in somebody else and the healing was in somebody else. They witnessed it, but this time they're experiencing it firsthand. They don't know how to respond. All the other times, somebody else is affected. Somebody else can't see. Somebody else is dealing with it. But now I'm dealing with it. The disciples are now dealing with it. They wake him. And here we see my final point, that he responds to our fear. You may be wondering today, does, does he really care about the small things in my life? He does. The Bible says in verse 26, he replied, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked. He spoke to the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. One word from God can change your circumstances. You know it today. One word from God, peace be still. If he speaks, something will happen. He asked them, where is their faith? Why did you doubt? Because it's fear. It happens automatically. Why did you doubt? But he responds to this fear and he cares. First Peter 5 and 7 that says that we could cast all our cares on him because he cares for us. Everything you can cast on him. That while he may have been tired physically, while he may have been exhausted, he cares enough about you to get up. He cares enough about you to get up. As a parent, sometimes Saturdays is the only day that you get to sleep in, and it never fails that your child walks in early in the morning and asks for breakfast. And as a tired parent, you usually say, can I just have five more minutes? I'm speaking of a friend. Um, five more minutes, and it's even better when they don't know how to tell time because those five minutes can really turn into 30 you're so exhausted. You love your kids, but you're tired. They're your own flesh and blood, but you're tired. You've worked all week, but Jesus doesn't ask for five more minutes. Jesus gets up. That's, that's the incredible thing about Jesus is that he responds. The Bible says in the book of Psalms that he is our quick help in the time of need, that he responds, that he cares, and that he knows the details, and he knows the ins and outs of what we're going through, and he's not going to leave us there one more minute than what he has already ordained. The men were amazed as he speaks to the wind. They were amazed. They said, what kind of man is this that the waves and the winds obey him? Up until that point, they had always only seen Jesus as their healer and their deliverer. But here, because of their firsthand experience, they were able to see him as their own deliverer. He is my protector. He doesn't only protect you. He protects me also, he is the same God. And no matter how chaotic the storm was at that particular time, no matter how much fear it instilled in them, it had to obey the voice of the master. And I rise to tell you this morning that no matter how chaotic your life may be today, no matter how surprisingly it 
the trial came, no matter how all of a sudden it came, I challenge you to activate your faith today and declare that your faith is greater than your fear and let your story be a testimony to those around you of the power of God, just like it was in the life of the disciples on that particular day. They had seen him as a healer. They had seen him as a deliverer, but they had not seen him as a protector. It was an opportunity for them to see God in a way that they hadn't before. They hadn't seen him as a storm stopper and as one that can speak. And all of a sudden, things just change. All of a sudden, he can speak and relationships change. All of a sudden, he can speak and marriages can be restored. All of a sudden, he can speak and things can come into order. Could your dilemma today just be an opportunity where God is setting you up for you to be able to see him in a way that you have never seen him before? Musicians, will you come? If God can control the elements of nature, no matter how ferocious, no matter how how incredible they are, he can control the elements in your life today. He can control the elements in your life today. And maybe this is your first time experiencing and, and being exposed to a God that can take your fear and convert it into a moment of faith. Converted into a moment of faith. He is still working today. And if you would like to make a first-time decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, you have an opportunity today. You have an incredible opportunity today. So I want to invite everyone to bow their heads, close your eyes for just a few moments. If you would like to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite you to just raise your hand right where you're at. You can let us know in the chat. Let us know in the chat. Here at Impact City Church, we believe in community that, and that no one is to do life alone. We're all in this together. So we'd like to pray with you wherever you're at. So this time, everyone, please repeat after me. Lord, I admit... I am a sinner in need of a Savior. I believe that you are Jesus, the Son of God, who died for the sins of the world. And I confess you as Lord, Savior, and King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Could we clap our hands to Jesus for everyone that received him today? I'm going to invite you to stand. Wherever you're at in life today, I want to pray for you. I believe that God can come to you and meet you where you're at. He can meet you in your frustration. He can meet you in your tiredness. So what, what is there in your life 
that you need to leave at the feet of Jesus and say, God, this situation has caused fear in my life and I've been shaken in a way that I've never been shaken before, but I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you that you can speak to, to the surrounding elements of my situation and make a difference. Close your eyes right where you're at. Father, right now, you are a way maker. You are a miracle worker. You are a healer. You are a deliverer. You are a company keeper. You're a bridge over troubled waters. God, and right now, in this place, there's different needs, different circumstances, different storms that have come up. Some minor, some major, some in between. But you are a God that has all dominion, has all power, and has all control. And we thank you that you are who you say you are, and we thank you that you can do what you say you can do. Right now, God, we ask and we run to you as the disciples ran and say, Jesus, you're the only one that can do this. Jesus, you're the only one that can speak to the hurt. You're the only one that can speak to the broken relationship. You're the only one, God, that can come right now and truly make a difference, God. I've tried, I've exhausted resources, I've tried, I've brainstormed, I've put a plan together and I haven't been able to do it, God, but I come to you and I say, Jesus, come to my rescue. Jesus, be my storm stopper today. Be my protector. Be my deliverer. God, right now in the midst of the hurt, in the midst of every situation, in the midst of every frustration, God, right now we declare we declare that it is well. We declare that it is well and that you are with us. We declare that you will respond to the fears of our lives. You, we declare that you will respond right now, Jesus. There is nothing too difficult for you. There is nothing that is out of your reach. There is nothing impossible for you, God. Right now, work. Work in every heart, work in every family, work in every marriage, work in every household, work in our places of employment, work right now, Jesus, uh, over the doctor's report, work right now over the lab work that was done, work right now, Jesus, uh, where no one else can work. We, Jesus, declare that you can work in every detail. We declare that you can work in every situation. We thank you for being a God that is always near. We thank you for being a God that is always accessible. We thank you for being with us. We thank you for being with us, God. And, and regardless of what 2020 brought us, we declare that 2021 will be blessed. We declare that your hand will go, that your hand will be over us and that your divine protection will be with us right now in Jesus' name. We declare that our faith is greater than our fear. We declare right now, God, we declare it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If God used it to bless you, think of someone you can share the link with, tap the like button, or leave us a comment to let us know. If you've decided to follow Jesus or you rededicated your life to him, 
congratulations. We're excited because we know that this is just the beginning of what God has in store for your life. We would love to congratulate you and send you some special info. Fill out the digital connect card at impactcity.cc slash connect card and check one of the boxes under I have decided to. Well, we're glad you tuned in today. And if you haven't already, don't forget to hit the subscribe button before you sign off today. Well, we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Adios. Adios.